0: Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not
1: be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely f- ignored. <laughs>
2: do it wrong parents pissed off every time i write a song smoke crack worship sitting what the fuck is that it's something funny made for you to laugh at
0: you're destroying america with your rap
2: you're so full of shit i need to call hazmat the only way i would ever apologize if i had my face buried in your sister's thighs <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry for what it's worth But the best part of you was the afterbirth If you can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na And I fucked your sister If you can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river
1: Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na And
2: I fucked your sister
1: Right. It's time. It's 8 p.m. It's Friday night. You know what that means. That means the asylum is
0: officially open, uh, reopen for business. Reboot is underway here for Money's Crazy Mind. What is up, everybody? All right. So here we go, man. You see it. I'm in the waiting area of the brand new asylum that you guys are going to be introduced to next week. Why am I in the waiting area for a brand new asylum? Well, if
1: you guys saw the episode two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, actually, then you would have seen the old asylum, it's no more. It, it, it got burned to the ground. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you guys. It just did. You know? These
0: things happen when you live in an insane asylum with a bunch of crazy motherfuckers. Anyway. Uh, still kind of recovering, you know. Uh, Tony Gonzalez and I, uh, the singer for Four Locos, we, we uh, just recently got back from the album release party, the global album release party for that album right there, Metallica's 72 Seasons. That explains the Metallica t
1: shirt And uh, yours truly got his hands on his copy. So that's what the front of the
0: CDs look like. I haven't even taken that out of the plastic yet, but that's what the back looks like. Uh, Neat little 72. You see James's face poking through there. Um, So I will be opening this. I will be uh, listening to it again, probably on repeat for quite a bit amount of time.
1: But that's enough for me, right? Uh, So uh, Tony was nice enough to give us an interview. Uh, so we are going to cut to that interview right now. A little
0: note about the interview, right? So we did it after we got back from the album release party, uh, stopped over at his place. Um, so I'm recording it all by hand. Um, I have a little handheld device for my phone um, and a microphone like this that plugs on, plugs into the, um, the audio jack on my phone. Um, so since I was holding it by hand, sometimes you'll hear the mic shaking and you'll see the camera moving a little bit cause I'm trying to hold it by hand. Um, but we did fix it a little bit later on in the interview. After about 40 minutes, my hand got real tired and I'm like, bro. So, um, we were able to find a spot to set the phone down to where he's okay on the shot. And everything like that, so just a little note, like when you guys hear it and you see the shaking and and shit like that i I recorded it by hand, so you know that that's meant to be um expected for something like that, but you know, um, as always, I'm always trying to upgrade um the new asylum and everything like that, so um you know these this past couple of weeks is no exception you 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 can hear the quality of the microphone. Um, has gotten a lot better brand new mic here. Um, you know, I don't like holding it this close because the, the audio gets a little distorted, but, um, you know, I've noticed that with this particular microphone that I have now, I can have it sitting further, further away and the audio still sounds perfect. So there's that, uh, no more talking. Let's jump into the interview with me and Tony. And then as soon as the interview with me and Tony is done, I will not be on camera, uh, for the interview with Tony. You'll see Tony, you'll hear me, but you won't see me. So then when we come back, I'll give my take on the event from last night, give my a quick little review on the tracks from 72 seasons, and then uh,
1: we'll end the show for this week. All right, see you guys in a few. All right, well, here we are. We survived the album release party for
0: Metallica's 72 seasons. Um, I do have a very special guest that's going to be joining me here in just a second. This guy is one of my best friends on the planet. He was the best man at my wedding. He repaid that favor by putting me in his wedding. Um, I've heard this guy through a lot of his musical journey on top of you know just our life journey on top of that and you know i just couldn't think of a better person to do this with than a musician this is the first time i've done musicians talking musicians in a while i'm not going to be on camera for most of this but i just wanted to introduce it show off my metallica t-shirt because you know metallica rules um but uh i got this currently this the singer of the cover band for Loco. Join here. Uh oh, I can't see his face. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hold it. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Um, and, you know, he's uh, got quite a musical history as well. Moving some stuff around here. Oh, well. the beauty of mobile yeah. podcasting. Um, but, yeah, man. So, when I first met you, you were still in not one but two bands Mm -hmm. you were in bones of giants and you were in big ugly yep two completely different sounding bands Mm -hmm. so um i play those the music from those bands a lot on the show um i gotta tell you probably one of my favorite tracks from bones of giants it's really grown on me over the years is Flawed to Perfection Mm. um and I think you know which my which my favorite Big Ugly song is um Come Home Come Home is a good one (laughs) Come Home is a good one I've always liked B.U.M. that's a good one Four Walls yep Four Walls and an Empty Bed is a really good one uh but I think for me I think um Expendable from the second album was a really good one too so um given the fact that those two bands had such a different sound you know um bones was kind of more like a stained or um even um like a nickelback in, in some ways um, yeah it
3: hard rock genre right whereas big
0: ugly was more like Metal. slayer yeah. and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so what kind of influences musically did you have um, that made you be able to do, you know, two completely different kind of contrasted music styles in Bones and Big Ugly?
3: Well, I would say to start off as, as a youth, uh, my three biggest influences were Sully from Godsmack, Draymond from Disturbed and Hetfield from Metallica. Those were my three biggest vocal influences, Yeah, um, which none of them are exactly like the screaming type of metal vocalist, um, but that's not where I got my start with original music. I started out as mostly a singing, a hard rock singing vocalist. Um, the whole big ugly thing was kind of a, an experiment for me because after Bones of Giants, like we, we had kind of split apart for a while and I, um, one of my best friends was in Big Ugly and they needed a vocalist. And he told me, you know, listen, this is a this is a metal band. You know, you would be required to do some screaming. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I, I never really had done that before. But uh, for me, my journey as a vocalist has always been to try to learn uh, new techniques, new ways of singing to expand, you know, my vocal portfolio and what I could do. So I'm like, all right. You know, I, I took on the challenge. And, uh, you know, it took me a little bit uh, to adapt my voice to it. I, I mean, I don't think, I think any good metal screamer will tell you it's not something that you just jump right into and you're really good at it. You, you have to train your vocal cords to be able to do that because it is very hard on your, your vocal cords.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but there's a YouTube channel called, uh, the charismatic voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hosted by a, an opera singer and, what she's kind of been doing recently, she has her own hashtag now called spoiled by metal. It's Miller time. Mm Uh, (laughs) um, spoiled by metal where she's taken bands like Lincoln park, disturbed, Mm -hmm. corn, Metallica. She's really big into Metallica right now. And she kind of like listens to those singers Mm -hmm. and breaks down, you know, how they do the, some of the things that they've done, uh, vocally you mm-hmm. know um, one of her favorites is obviously James from Metallica like I said mm-hmm. you know she's she's really big into Metallica right now but she also likes uh, Serge Tankanian um, yep from uh, system of a Down mm-hmm. because he's very melodic but then he'll jump into that scream yep. and everything too mm-hmm. um so trans- like you said transitioning from hard rock where you can be a little bit more melodic. And you know, not scream as much. You did a little bit of screaming in, in Bones of Giants, though. There's a yeah, few songs. Yeah, a little for you. bit. Yep. Um, so your style of scream, and I and I and I've heard this between the two big ugly albums. On the first one, it's a it's not as harsh. Mm-hmm. But then in on the second album, um I'm trying to remember what it was called. <laughs>
3: I, our second big ugly album was just called. It was just an EP. Oh, it was just a four yeah. four song album.
0: Um, but on that one, like you, you went into like sometimes you went to like the depths of hell. Yeah, with yeah. with your scream on that.
3: Yeah, I mean the longer that I was with Big Ugly, the more that I developed that that style, and uh, I was able to get into the guttural, mm-hmm. you know, screaming and and things like that, and. Yeah, I mean it was it was surprising to me. Even I never thought I would be able to do that that sort of vocal style. But just repetition and practice, you know.
0: So were Big Ugly and Bones of Giants. The first two bands you were in, or was there bands before?
3: Oh, there were there were at least a few before that. Um, I was I was in a band called Sons of Burden, which was a hybrid of covers and originals. Cool. And you know that was a really fun band. We. Uh, we had probably like 20 cover songs and five original songs that we worked on. and it was neat and we we eventually wanted it to become more uh, prevalent with the originals, but it just didn't last long enough to get to yeah. that point. So um when I left that project, that's when I joined uh, Bones of Giants and you know, its kind of went from there. and honestly, between Bones of Giants and Big Ugly, that's really where I, Formed most of my uh, vocal style that i use today like uh, in the cover music that we we do in four locos i i go from everywhere from you know alternative light singing all the way up to screaming you know let the bodies hit the floor and stuff like that i mean it just
0: so uh uh, let's talk a little bit more about the influence and then we'll get into the event of the night because that was amazing Mm -hmm. um what was it about, I mean, cause like even just between James Hetfield, David Draymond, and Sully Erna, you know, I mean, you can pretty much sit there and say, like, those are the the defining people of the new metal scene, even mm-hmm. though Metallica's been around since nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Um you know, there's different styles between those three. So what what is it about James, David Draymond and Sully Erna? that makes you gravitate towards those three specifically
3: i just like the power vocals uh okay. i've always had a very loud and out there vocal style yeah. so i just love the way that they use their voice uh, it's very powerful very uh distinct um draymond i like the melodic aspect to his style yeah um hetfield's a little more gravelly or, or was back when i you know listen to him back when I was younger. I mean he's he's definitely evolved over time. I mean, Jesus, they've transcended so many yeah. generations. And
0: I actually know the story as to why his vocal style changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And which, you know, and age age is part of that, but mm-hmm. you know, but back then it was like Hetfield was like the gravelly singer and Draymond kind of went between that and like the melodic style. And Sully had just a different I don't know, just the sound to his voice. It was the way that he I don't want to say, like, warped his voice, but, like, I don't know. It, the way he banded notes and stuff, I liked his style. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to say, because, like, like you, um, you know, so when they were doing uh, Metallica, when Metallica was doing the, the, the Black album, or Metallica, the self-titled album.
3: Yeah. Oh, one of the
0: B-sides for one of the singles. They were doing So What, a song that everybody knows yep. from The Garage Inc. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, James blew his voice out almost completely. Mm. So he had to go and get a vocal coach yep. to try to retrain his, his voice and everything. And that's why, you know, they they changed to a little bit more of a melodic sound on, on Load and Reload. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you know, St. Anger, he got a little bit more gravelly. Yep. But even on St., you know, some of the songs on St. Anger, they're still that melodic more live yes yeah. sound I, I, that's what I like to call it the more live mm-hmm. sound um, David Draymond another one like on the sickness there's no let up that dude is just pure yep. just the devil incarnate mm-hmm. on that first album but then when when they went to believe he starts you know yep. doing that Sully's always been that you know cuz right voodoo you know, some of the more softer songs on the on even just that first CD. Mm-hmm. And then over time, they've kind of, yeah. you know, just... It's a good balance. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, very, very... Uh, you know, I guess they're more similar than I thought. <laughs> you know, but I mean, Metallica's been around since 1982. Um, you know, we've heard their sound grow and change and, mm-hmm. and things like that over... 41 years. Yep. Um, God, making me feel old, man. (laughs) You ain't the only one, (laughs) brother. We ain't that far in age, man. Um, So, when did you discover Metallica? Like, what era of Metallica did you discover Metallica?
3: Oh, man, that's a good question. Probably around Master of Puppets, I would say, to be honest. I mean, I honestly, when I was really young, I wasn't that musical. Mm. The funny thing about it is I grew up in a household with four sisters and no brothers. So I had a lot of new kids on the block and Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all all that bullshit blaring in my household. There was no room for me to play my music. And back then we didn't have earbuds, you know, the ear pods and things like that. You know, all you could get was like these big cans. And I, you know, we didn't have a lot of money back then. So I didn't have a nice pair of headphones and so, I remember, honestly, like, when I first... You, you remember Columbia House, and they had, like, yeah. that deal with the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it, like, a one cent for a CD yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you got... That was, like, the first time I really started ordering CDs. And I, I remember I ordered The Sickness and uh, some of the earlier Metallica albums and stuff. And that's really where I got my start yeah. with music. So, and uh, as as far as me performing, I actually started late. I mean, I was... 18, 19 years old before I ever started trying to sing at all. Wow. So, so you, you you actually
0: got Metallica a little bit earlier than I did. Um, For me, like my dad actually bought, I'll just keep calling it the Black Album because I think that's what everybody knows it as, Mm -hmm. even though it's technically just the self-titled album. Right,
3: right. Um,
0: My dad bought the Black Album obviously for himself, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's a huge Metallica fan, which is how I got into them. Yeah, and you know, just hearing you know Sandman, Sad but True, mm-hmm. um, you know, and on all those classics on that album, that really is when I fell in love with them. So I mean, I kind of got into Metallica in the new half mm-hmm. of Metallica. Um, for me, I mean, Godsmack obviously from the second I saw Whatever on Total Request
3: Live. Oh, that first Godsmack album, <sighs> that was that was huge during my youth. And that's yeah. really where I got hooked on them.
0: And probably same with uh, Disturbed. I think the first time I saw Stupefy on MTV, back when MTV still
3: played music videos. I think that was the album after The Sickness, though, right? Stupefy? No, that's... What song was The that
0: Sickness? That's
3: song number three. It's right before okay, yeah, The Sickness. Yeah, you're right, you're right.
0: Um, you know, so I think from the second I heard Stupefy, I'm just like, yo. You know, so... Yeah. I mean, but... Again, like, like we've been saying, you know, Godsmack and Disturbed, they, along with Korn, you know, they kind of defined
2: mm-hmm. what
0: new metal was, along with, like, I mean, because Pantera came around late, I mean, 89, 90. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so, I mean, I guess, you know, what what made you decide that Disturbed and Godsmack were, like, kind of like your two new metal bands that you wanted to gravitate towards?
3: Just loved listening to them, honestly, and I and you mentioned Corn. That's another band I love. Um, yeah, you and I saw them this past yeah. Time. I mean, there there's a lot of bands in that genre that I love to listen to, but those were just my favorites. I, I really gravitated towards their music. I love just blaring that shit, especially when I started driving as a teenager and putting the CDs in my car. That's just the stuff that I you know got into at that time. And like I said, I didn't start performing or anything. I mean, yeah, I was like anyone else singing in my car and enjoying right, it. Right. It wasn't until my I met my friend Mike, and he was like trying to form bands on his own and stuff, and I don't know. I just I didn't even know if I could sing at mm-hmm. that time, and I just said, "Hey, you know, can I come and try out?" And I actually tried out with the Godsmack song. Nice. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but we were literally driving along in the car, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna put the song on and sing it for you, and you just tell me flat out if I suck. I'm just gonna let it go."
0: Right, and right.
3: I sang it for him, and he's like, "He's like, you're very raw." <laughs> he's like, "But there's definitely potential there." You, I was able to sing in key, even though I didn't have great control over my voice. Yeah, and that's for you know any <coughs> vocalist first starting out, you don't really, it's it's just like an instrument. Mm-hmm. You if you don't know how to properly use it, you have to train it. Yep, and yeah, and it's muscles and everything else. So, I mean, I, yeah, and I, for people that don't sing
0: or don't really know too much about. You know, vocal control when it comes to being, you know, I was in choir my entire life. So, I mean, I know how to train my voice mm-hmm. to do things. You know, you're using muscles that you would not think to use. It's not just your throat. It's not just your lungs. Mm. It, there's things you got to do with your mouth. There's things you got to do with your throat. There's things you got to do with your yep. chest. There's things you got to do with your stomach. I mean, it, it's basically a total upper
3: body, it's breathing yeah really it's it's where you know there's a thing called head voice when you're singing mm-hmm. very much in in your head and, there's, and you want to sing from your from. chest that's yeah it's almost like breathing letting it come out naturally so i mean these were all things that i learned over the years and i saw a lot of singers you know around the time when i started performing where they would they sounded all right but it's like halfway through their shows they would lose their voice they just yeah. said, they didn't know how to manage their voice, so they were just blowing it out as hard as they could, and then mm. five songs in they're sounding like crap because they, they don't have any control. They don't yeah. know how to manage it. So yeah. you know, and I, w- I went through my own, you know, challenges mm. in learning that. So So uh,
0: you know, unfortunately, um Bones of Giants and Big Ugly are both no more. Yeah. Um Bones of Giants before Big Ugly. If I remember correctly,
3: um, COVID was the nail in the coffin for a big ugly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was gonna say. And you know, for a lot of bands that I know.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, even during the pandemic, you guys were trying to get some music together, and you guys were were trying to meet, even if it was just virtually, and just you know plugging into the computer and everything, and you know everything like that. I I sat in on a couple of your guys' sessions too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys were still trying to bang out new music, and you guys did write one hell of a song. Well, that
3: and that was we, so we kind of we broke up as Big Ugly, and we kind of reformed and became End and Smite. We wrote the song Conflicted, which is to this day one of the best songs that I ever recorded. Yeah. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, like COVID was a tough time for everybody. Yeah. So and then and then uh
0: you know this is a band name that I'm sure a lot of people will recognize. Um you you have another musical talent and that's the bass. Mm-hmm. So like even on some of those uh I call them basement sessions yep. with with Big Ugly and End in Smite. Yep. Um you were playing bass on yep, some before of before we
3: had a bassist and End in Smite I was helping to write the bass lines and Yeah. I mean I I've, I've played bass many times throughout the years and it's always been kind of a secondary passion for me. It it, it always when it came down to it, I wanted to be a singer. Oh, yeah. But so certain situations I was in called for, you know, me having to play bass, and maybe we had a decent vocalist available or whatever, yeah. and I had to take that backseat to make it work. Yeah. But And I'm glad I did, I mean, because it, I, I was able to learn an instrument, and I had a lot of fun doing it, so.
0: Yeah. Um. So, you know, you got to... Oh, <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that. Anyway, it's okay now that nobody's here. Um. <laughs> This is what happens when you record on the road, folks. Sorry. Uh, But, um... uh Uh, (laughs) Uh-oh. You get a a knock. You get a phone call from a mutual friend from Mm -hmm. the band Grunge DNA. Mm -hmm. Um, They needed a backup bassist to kind of fill in on a few shows. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you answered the call Mm -hmm. for them, filled in. But Patrick also kind of lets you sing a few of their songs too right
3: well not while i was obviously i mean i sang backup vocals a little bit here when i was playing bass with them i I mean i only ended up playing a couple shows with them but uh my wife and i you know so i'll go back a little further so i moved up here to the parma area a little over four years ago and i met my now my wife and uh We started going to shows uh, for Grunge DNA and just had a blast every time we went there. And I loved that scene. And, um,
0: they're, you know, they're a bunch of good dudes, man. They're,
3: they're still great friends today. And we still go to shows. Even though I'm in my own cover band, you know, we don't play as often as they do. So we have some availability. We just went to a show last weekend at Harvest Saloon to see them. So they're still doing great.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, um, You and I have been to a few grunge shows together. I mean, those guys are all cool guys. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked in the bar scene in the past, so I mean, I've heard them through walls. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everything as well too. But um, uh, so after grunge, you would heard that this other band. If you want to talk about them, we can. We don't have to. If you no, sure. I I
3: got no issue with that.
0: Okay, Um, you would heard that there was this other band that did a very similar style of music to grunge DNA
3: well there's a story there too so uh when I stopped playing backup bass for uh grunge I was out I decided I want to find my own cover band to sing for yeah to just do singing not do bass and I ended up selling my bass equipment it was kind of my little I remember that yeah Yeah. it was kind of like I'm putting my foot down I'm putting the bass behind me it will always be like a secondary passion but you know I had bought all this fancy gear to do the thing with grunge and it didn't work out quite how I had hoped so I'm like I'm getting rid of this stuff I want to focus on vocals and that was that so I ended up finding a couple guys that were starting up jam sessions and my bassist now Eric was one of those guys okay so I met I met him and we started like jamming and that didn't last very long but we made a good connection there he really liked my vocals I liked his style he was a good bassist Dude, he's I gotta tell you for for a guy that's up like in middle age
0: He's a crazy motherfucker. Oh, you wouldn't
3: man. you couldn't tell that he's a middle-aged guy, man. I think he just turned 50. Yeah. But the guy like he's still rocking like he's younger oh, than me.
2: I don't remember where <laughs> I
0: don't remember where you guys were. It was one of the Eastside shows. I want to say that I actually, you know, took a road trip. Yeah. with you guys for he got up on the fucking bar and was playing oh,
3: his he'll, bass. he'll jump on tables and chairs and everything else. Yeah. He's he's wild. Which is awesome. I love Yeah, that. yeah. And, and that mohawk, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, to connect the dots there, when I, you know, left grunge, I just, you know, I did that for a little while with him. And then I kind of took a break from the whole thing for mm-hmm. a little bit. And then I started searching again. And it was around, I want to say, New Year's of like 20, what was it? 2021? It yeah, it had to be. Yeah, 2021 or so. And uh, I, I saw a post... I saw him post because we became friends on Facebook and said that their band had just lost their singer. And so I immediately, you know, and, and and the, it was still fresh. I mean, it literally had just happened and I'm like, ah, this might seem a little like off putting, but I'm just going to go for it. So I, I reached out and I'm like, Hey man, I like, I realize you just posted about losing your singer. I'm like, it just so happens. I'm really trying to get into a band just like what you're doing. Yeah. And the band was called jester's revenge. And, uh, He's like, all right, man. And he's like, well, let us let the dust settle here for a minute. And it was like probably a week later or so. And then like come out for a tryout. It's like, awesome. It was in Menor or like out uh Painesville, I think, which is real close to Mentor. Uh So it was a little bit further away for me, but I was like, whatever. I'm, you know, I, I wasn't finding anything around here. So I drove out there, did a tryout with them. Felt really good. The vibe was really good. And, you know, like they're doing tryouts. So I was literally the first guy that they tried out. And, you know, so they're like, well, you know, we have a couple other guys that also are try- going to try out. Not even five minutes after I left the house, and I got a call from the drummer, and he's like, if you want it, it's yours, dude. He's like, you did a great job, and we really think you would fit in well with us. So that was the beginning of Jester's Revenge. Um, you know, fast forward about a year, we were about together about a year, and uh, we played a lot of great shows together i really learned a lot with the band because i had never been really into singing grunge and alternative music i was more into the hard rock and the heavier you know and the metal and stuff yeah. like that so again just like with the other bands i was telling you about i had to learn new vocal styles Adapt. and yeah. train my voice to you know to do that type of music so over time i got better and better at it but um yeah and after a year you know things didn't quite work out there you know there were some things i don't want to get into that but so static yeah but at any rate there are three of us from that band joined one of my oldest and best friends and he was the drummer for bones of giants terry um we joined him and we formed four locos here on the west side of cleveland so we've been going now for about eight months and it's just it's been going really well i mean we're playing really packed gigs and getting a lot of great compliments and we're hanging there with the big dogs around this area as far as cover bands are concerned. Yeah.
0: So and uh near, near the end of your I, I'm I'm not gonna get into you know all that. It's yeah not, the not, specifics. Right. It's not my place to but you know for a little bit of time Terry was filling in on drums. Yes. For for jesters. Yes. And um you know I had asked uh Eric and I can't remember your guitarist name. Um Steve. Steve. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you guys think of Terry? Because obviously I knew Terry from Bones, because I'd seen Bones play a few times and everything. Yeah. Um, and they're like, can we keep him? <laughs> you know, like like that was kind of just like the vibe that they had with Terry. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you had announced that you had left Jesters, and then, you know, slowly Steve, and then Eric. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and when you had told me that Terry was going to come on and be the drummer for for Loco, I'm like... I think that's going to be the best four-person um, mashing together for that. Now, did when you said they were more of like a, an alt-rock grunge kind of thing, so that's more like um, Savage
3: Garden, uh, uh STP, Nirvana, Green Day, Blink-182, I mean, all the way up to Disturbed and Drowning Pool and Godsmack, I mean, there's a, it's a wide variety. Yeah, did
0: you bring more, because I know you guys do some Metallica and stuff too, was that something that you brought to the table? I
3: I brought a lot of the Harder Edge stuff to the band because, you know, prior to me, like they were more, more towards the alternative and grunge side of things, which was fine, but... You know, and I didn't obviously didn't come in and try to rock the boat right away. But after a few gigs, and I'm like, listen, like, I can do this stuff, and I can do it well, and and I think it would really expand our portfolio and give us versatility as a band. Yeah, you know, and to, the, and that's what further separates you because the the area is very saturated with bands in our genre. So the more that we can do, that's Different. you know across the spectrum there, yeah. that's going to differentiate
0: us. You know, it, it's it's crazy that you even say that because um, you know, I haven't seen. Um, you, all right, so let's rewind just slightly here. Um, right before the three of you guys left Jester's, you guys were nominated for Best Cover Band in the Area, <laughs> along with Grunge DNA and uh Bad yeah, Juju, Juju and Billy, and Billy Like Soda. Soda. Yep.
3: Um, that literally happened right when our band, yeah, left. <laughs> so we didn't even really get involved in it, right? Right, other than our name being in there,
0: right? Um you guys from what i hear it was you guys were pretty high up there in votes um obviously the the award went to bad juju um yeah, you, you know which very excellent man yep. yeah and um you know no not to bad juju like i mean oh, yeah, they, you no, know no, they're no. they're the official band of redline radio all that you know chad's a really good friend of mine yeah um good dudes yeah oh, yeah great great um i had recently heard them through the wall at the one bar i was mm-hmm. working at they're starting to get heavier too. Like, that's
3: what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, that's cool. You know,
0: it's, it just seems like it's, it's weird when you change even just one member of the band.
3: It makes a world of difference. Yeah. Cause it the, really uh, does. But I mean, you never really know. Like, it, it comes down to chemistry and capability and, and yeah. And, uh, preference. I mean, right. Some, a member may not be into a certain style and then you have to like twist their arm to get them to do something that they don't want to do yeah. it's much easier when everyone's on the same page or close to it yeah. to where you can be like hey we should do this song that's in the wheelhouse you know what mm-hmm. I mean it makes it easier but Who's,
0: whose idea was it to take Ring of Fire and turn it into one of the dopest heavy metal songs I've ever heard
3: that would be our guitarist Steve and he is actually also the one behind Vanilla Ice uh, I haven't heard ice, that ice, ice, yet Ice Ice Baby yeah so that's He's been kind of the one uh, Not even kind of He is the one that's been pushing that Thing for us Where we're, we're taking like Songs that would You know You typically wouldn't see in a band like ours Yeah And he's Stylizing it and, and what we do And It's worked out really well I mean both songs have gone over really well with the crowd So
0: Ring, Ring of Fire um yeah, I mean, I've heard that you know, I've heard you guys do that quite a few times mm-hmm. It's a banger Every time you guys do it. I haven't heard ice ice baby yet.
3: Yeah. The ring of fire is, is a little bit of social distortion, but my vocal style is different than that. And we also throw in a nice bridge there where it calls back to the old style. So yeah. it's, it's our own in its own way. Right. I mean, right. So.
0: Um, so you recently put out a thing on your, on your guys, social media page where you were asking like, you know, out of these songs, which ones would you guys like mm-hmm. to hear us do the most? That was Creed, um, Creed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was three different Creed songs. Um, for me personally, I mean, my own prison is That's
3: one of them. That's where yeah. So the highest votes were my own prison and one. Those were the really top- yeah, which I believe me. I was I love all the songs. Like I I I was a big fan of Creed when I was younger as well, and honestly, that was another vocalist that I. Saying a lot.
0: And Scott Stapp, I I feel like Scott Stapp gets a bad rap because of his alcoholism and the way Creed ended.
3: Yeah. I don't get involved in any of that. So I just honestly I enjoyed the music. I wasn't that like into the scene that where I paid attention to that stuff, you know, but
0: the crazy thing is is like Creed always kind of had that that stigma that they were a Christian rock band. And you know, like My Own Prison is a great album. You know, uh, human clay. I could kind of do without it because there's, there's a few good ones on there. Yeah, weathered is a great yeah, album, really and even good. their their last album. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a lot of great tracks on their bread of shame.
3: Mm. Um, Honestly, know. haven't heard a lot of that one. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I have to check that. Yeah, uh,
0: but I mean, like when when because the three you did were my own prison, uh, my sacrifice, and one right.
3: I also had What If on what there, if? Yeah. which is one, it's like a guilty pleasure for me that I've really, I can sing it really well, but unfortunately, like, it's not one of their most well-known songs, and... It, it kind of is, but I think it got played out because it was also on the screen 3. 3. Yeah. But it's a banger. that I like it because it's energetic and, yeah. you know, and it's one that I've sung a lot, so I know I can do that really well. I also had uh, One Last Breath, and... uh it's my sacrifice. Yeah, my sacrifice is a good one. I
0: I've, I've always liked my sacrifice. Uh WWE actually used to use it as one of their mm. promo songs. Um but yeah, I mean it, it, if I were to if my vote matters, which I don't really want it well, to. You did get the vote. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I did, you know, but I mean it's like I, I don't really want my vote to count because, you know, personal friend and all that yeah, shit. Yeah. But you know, I would definitely love to hear your guys' take on My Own Prison and My Sacrifice.
3: Well, I know My Own Prison's happening for sure. and So, like I said, that and one were the top two. And there, there's, what there's shocking. Not, I, mean, cause I like, know, I was a little shocked by that, too. It's a good song. It is. But I want something. I would have personally wanted something a little more. Uh, what was the other one our bassist wanted us to do? I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: I mean, My Own Prison is slow. It's definitely a slower song But Like if you followed that up With like a one last breath Well not even one last breath
3: Because one last breath is slow Yeah Middle of the road I'd say Like it's like followed up With
0: like My Sacrifice Or something like that I mean that's where What If would actually Come in pretty well Because that's a Faster paced song It's heavier Yep You know I mean I can I can see why you would Want to do a What If
3: But Because we already do higher So we already yeah. have a slower Creed song Yeah Which people love that one You know but I was just, campaigning for what if, but I couldn't be biased, so I um, put the songs out there, and those were the ones that got the most vo- votes by far. Yeah. so I was like, all right, I mean, I'm just, outvoted, and
0: just stay away from. Where I'm just wide open.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a nice song, but it's just not it's for a live setting. Out. Well, and for a live setting, it's just that's gonna be a snoozer. You know, people will sit there and nod along like this. That's not what we're trying to do. Not only that, but
0: it might slowly become with legs wide open. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Get
3: a few drinks in me and the show the lyrics can change. So Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So, um, I mean, I think we're caught up with you on your musical influences. Where, where are you guys playing next?
3: So, we're we're at Wits End uh, this Saturday, which is in Willoughby. Um after that end of april we have a back-to-back show we're at chagrin tavern which is that on the east side on the 28th and then on the 29th we're here in parma at the parma pit stop so and those are both going to be like nine o'clock shows
0: you guys do have some kind of special coming up end of july too
3: oh the battle of the bands yeah <laughs> no that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun I, I actually got to speak with the guys in grunge a little bit when we were at their show recently and We're very excited about it. And even Uh, though though it's a battle of the bands, you know, we're all great friends. Friendly competition. Yeah. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to do stuff that we wouldn't normally do in our own shows. We're going to do mashups and, Mm -hmm. like, just make it a special night for fans of both bands.
0: I'm still... Throwing my name in the hat to MC that man, <laughs> you know. I, I just think it'd be cool, you know, like yeah, like yeah. like have like have like the ring announcer in this corner from Parma, Ohio, you know. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that would I think that would just add something to that whole event, you know. Yeah, it's
3: definitely something we can talk about. I'm, yeah, I'm not against it, so. I still
0: want to do the pre fight press conference. Have both of you guys come into <laughs> come into the Growing Wings Adult Services Studios and just throw down for two hours,
3: you know. Yeah, that would be funny.
0: Uh, I, I would love every second of it. Have yeah. a little
3: online skit we put out there on each yeah. of our pages. Yeah. That that would definitely drum up interest. So Yeah. I mean I mean people are already really excited about it because you know, we both have a lot of fans and you know so hey, you guys
0: picked a, a great spot to do it too. It's a nice
3: big area, you know. You'll big be able to, outdoor campground. And, yeah, let's yeah. just hope the weather cooperates. Yeah, that would suck if it got rained out. But I mean, <laughs> no matter what, it's happening because where we play is under a big pavilion. Yeah. But it would hamper like people being on the outside mm-hmm. of that. So, we'll see. You know, it's Ohio, so you can't make any guarantees. On yeah, that. yeah, it might
0: fucking snow in July. Oh, God, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> All right, so um, let's get into. Tonight. Yep. Um, neither one of us really knew what to expect from this. I mean, we just knew it was the global album release party. It was going to be the first time the album was played in mm-hmm. its entirety. Uh, Metallica opened it up to the general public, their fans, which is not something that they that normally at this kind of an event right. you would see because normally these things are kind of reserved for... Music executives, you know, um, people like that, uh, even radio personalities. Right, right. Um, so when I first said, hey, this is coming up, you were kind of just like, yeah, you know, let, let's check it out. Let's see what it is. Um, what was your initial take when I said this is an album release party, there's going to be interviews with Metallica, there's going to be, like, what was your initial take on it?
3: I mean, I honestly wasn't sure what to expect. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of buzz about the new album. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been growing since that time. So, obviously, I've listened to a few of the singles that they put out. And that's built my excitement towards, you know, the new album. But, I mean, I loved their their last couple. I loved uh, Hardwired and I loved Death Magnetic. I mean, so I, I feel like they've been doing really well for their last few albums. So... Mm. I expected more, you know, more of the same, but I hoped that they were going to mix it Advance up a little. It a little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, I and mean, that's what you hope out of your favorite artists that they're going to do something to wow you again. Yeah. Which is very hard to do. Yeah. And and sometimes when you try to do that, you end up alienating your mm-hmm. fan base because they're like, "Well, I liked you because you sounded like this and now you're different." Yeah. But uh so yeah, I mean, I was Honestly, I had no idea what to expect uh, even going into it tonight. I was excited about it But I'm like, I honestly don't know what this is gonna be like. I've never done anything like it. Yeah, um, but that was a blast
0: okay. So, uh, You know so it was introduced obviously by like we'll, we'll kind of break it down by like what they did In it and then we'll break it down song by song like which ones we like the most blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah um, it was introduced by Metallica, like, and it was kind of a comedy skit a little bit with, yes. with Lars, kind of just like, <laughs> why am I the one talking, you know, and, yeah. and things like that. Um, the black and white kind of got to me. Like, I wish that they had thrown a little bit of color in there with it, because, like, all the interview segments were black yeah, and white. Yeah, that's
3: true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it didn't necessarily bother me, but I can... I can understand where you're going with that, but Mm. I, the comedy part of it, it was funny, but I I would have liked a little more in depth of like what they were doing with the album from their point of view. Yeah. I felt like, so, you know, each song they were introducing it, like one or two of the members before each song giving their take on it. And a lot of it was just like, well, strong riffs, mid tempo, certain melodies yada 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 mu- like musical gibberish this. Yeah, that to the casual fan they're like this means nothing to yeah, me who fucking cares they, they want to know like what was your inspiration for this song what yeah. drove you yeah. why did you write these words you know what was your inspiration for this riff and there wasn't a lot of that it was very light hearted and very like I said you know especially like with Lars he he literally sounded like he had no idea what he was trying to say just uh oh yeah this next song it's it's real killer it'll make you go and, they, <laughs> and and yeah, you know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and then they play the song and i'm like and it wasn't even that but what, yeah. was, what was funny is like you know everybody in the theater you could hear the collective sigh <laughs> yeah. when he's describing it like come on man like say something about the music that's meaningful That Right You know like Give us something that We can get here That nobody else is gonna get You know like Yeah you know, We paid for this experience You know Tell us what this means to you What What made you want to do this And it Didn't really get a lot of that I think Hetfield Probably out of all of them Gave the most In depth
2: Yeah You know and I mean
0: obviously You know James is the one Writing most writing of the, the lyrics, lyrics But yeah. um, You know They've been on Kimmel all week And Uh Something that they had kind of said that, that was just like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, you know, normally in the past they would kind of gone in with, you know, James had some ideas and mm. blah, blah, blah. This time it was like, you know, hey, everybody bring your own stuff to the table. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go based on that. You know, so, I mean, like you heard, like, uh, Kirk had a riff that he ended up giving to Rob for a bass yeah. piece mm-hmm. and I know that James did come up with all the lyrics for all the songs on this one which, which, right. is, which is cool um so um James had said in Metallica's official magazine um so what that 72 seasons is the first 18 years of life mm. so I'm wondering if you can do the math seven, you know 18 times 4 you know do you get 72 mm. you know um and you know how those experiences when you're a child and a teenager, you know, those those heavy development years, how they shape you
3: as an adult. makes a lot of sense now thinking about the lyric, the, lyrical Some of the content. lyrics yeah, yeah, and the message of the songs, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff would pertain to the, you know, to your youth and yeah, yeah. early adulthood.
0: Um,
3: so I mean, out of the four singles that we got
0: previous to tonight, and obviously the album doesn't come out until um, Friday morning. You know, we're, we're recording this Thursday night after the album release party. Um, out of the four singles, and we, we talked about this on the way there, for me the weakest one was If Darkness Had a Sun. Mm. And that's just out of those four singles. Um, the two that that really stuck out to me are obviously Lux Eterna, because it just has that old school... I always say it sounds like something off a of Kill 'Em all vibe. Yeah,
3: very energetic.
0: Yeah. Um, very reminiscent of like motor breath and uh, hit the lights mm-hmm. um, and screaming suicide. And yeah. screaming suicide for me is actually a very personal mm-hmm. song. given Strong that I, message. Well, also given that I'm a suicide survivor, mm-hmm. um, you know, so um, for you, out of those first four singles, Lux Aeterna," Screaming Suicide, If Darkness Had a Sun, and 72 Seasons, which ones did you gravitate towards the most?
3: I mean, Screaming Suicide, I, I love the way that that song sounds, and I think the message is very strong. Um, I This is the one disagreement you and I had. Uh, if Darkness Had a Sun, I really love the vibe of that song. I feel like the intro is a little lengthy, but once it gets into it I just I love the way that the music flows the melodic aspect of it but it's also very hard you know driven music and I just and honestly today was the second time I had heard it because I listened to it originally when they released it and then hearing it today I was just like man I really I, I love the way this is put together yeah. um, but I also I mean I love the other ones too I mean Lux Eterna and 72 Seasons they are both they're they're all bangers man um, and you know not to get too ahead of ourselves but you know we were both saying when we left there like front to back like there's really not a bad song on it it's no it's a very good album yeah all around
0: you know and I mean and I think for me that's kind of very telling of some things because it, they're going on 41 years almost 42 yep. at yep. this point point. and for them to be at this stage of the career where most bands are just like that's it I'm done. Right, right. You know, they're they they just put out a 12 song album that's mm. 70 almost 79 minutes long.
3: I mean, there's something to be said about they they've got their formula down. Oh, uh, yeah. it's it's very much Metallica, it's very much what you would expect to a certain degree, yeah. but they always find a way to add a little bit more to it, to to evolve it just a little bit. To make it feel fresh, yeah, but it's it still feels very familiar. It's Metallica, you know what you're getting, um. But that could go that could go in a different way. You know what I mean? You, you could listen to it and be like, you know, this shit th- sucks. Yeah, this yeah. is a re- recycled crap and re- you know retread and, um, But no, I mean it. It didn't feel like that at all. It felt like another evolution.
0: Yeah. Um. I wish I could bring up the the track list. Because um, obviously there's eight songs that we didn't know the names of until tonight
3: well i um, know there was too far gone there was uh, shadows follow shadows follow chasing light yep uh room of mirrors um what was the last one called it, it, it weird
0: weird latin word um
3: <laughs>
0: but the, armor
3: Random or something like that it was it was a 10-minute song <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so let's kind of go in order so the, the the opening track was 72 seasons and 72 seasons is a very strong song mm-hmm. lyrically you know um, uh, you just kind of you get the sense of where this album is going um, mm-hmm. you know
3: there it, it sets the tone
0: you know the, the, the lyrics that I the words that I'm remembering in my head is always wrath of man Mm-hmm. You know, and then 72 Seasons Define um, th- Those are just the lyrics I was able to pick out like, I was telling you, especially with Shadows Follow I'd love to get have the lyrics in my hand mm-hmm. So I can see the words To, to just put the um, But, you know, James said the 72 Seasons It's It's, you know, the first 18 years of life He originally said that he wanted the album to be called 72 Seasons of Sorrow Hmm. Kind of getting a little personal with things That he went through in his life Yeah um, And he said but you know the guys were kind of Just like eh we don't know about the Of Sorrow Yeah thing. yeah
3: it sounds a little corny to be honest um, I think you know, they did it right So they he said they, they dropped
0: The Of Sorrow part um, But he was also saying that Lux Aeterna Was going to be Was in consideration for the yeah. album title As well um, and that Turno was also considered to open
3: the album. Yeah, I could see that for sure. There was, there was actually a
0: couple of songs that I'm just like, wow, that would have been a real good one to start yeah. the album with. Yeah. Um, but for me, like the whole idea of Shadows Follow, um, which was the second song that they played,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, really great vibe on that song musically kind of hard to understand some of the lyrics just because of the way that the song was and mm-hmm. uh there were some people around us that were kind of noisy yeah yeah um but um for me shadows follow i love the concept that james was
3: talking about how you can't get away from yourself
0: you can't get away from your dark side and mm-hmm. it, your shadow always follows you yep. and it's how you decide to
3: deal with that yep. You have to face your darkness. It's always face gonna, your darkness. It's yeah. always going to be with you, no matter what. So you're at some point you have to deal with it. That was what you said. The point of it was. Yeah, Which I thought was very cool. And yeah. true.
0: Um, you know. So I mean, hearing the song, hearing the style of music that they chose for that. Um, what did you think of Shadows Fall?
3: That was uh, probably one of my two favorites. Yeah, uh, that one and Too Far Gone were my two favorites off of. And that's saying a lot because I, I loved a lot of the songs on there. So, mm-hmm. But those two were the ones that really resonated with me the most, I would say.
0: I, I want to say the third song was Screaming Suicide, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Screaming Suicide, we, we talked about that. Um, James did actually say when they released the single of it, which maybe why those songs, like that one, If Darkness Had a Son, mm-hmm. um, maybe that's why they didn't really go too in depth with that and Luxie Turner, because they kind of explained to those songs when they released them as singles. Right. Um, but, you know, he always said, obviously, Screaming Suicide is about suicide. Right. And bringing awareness to kind of that feeling that mm-hmm. people get um, when they're having those feelings of darkness, which is probably why it's a great song to follow up. Mm-hmm. um if dark or, um Shadows follow yeah um you know but he also put out when they put out the video for it he said um I want to end the stigma of being able to talk about suicide because it's still a very taboo thing mm-hmm. you would think in, in 2023 that it wouldn't be so taboo to talk about suicide You know, especially with, you know, oh, we got to worry about mental health. We got to put a big thing on mental health. And given some recent events, I don't want to get political uh, when we're talking about great fucking music. Um, Given recent events, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a good thing to to try to to speak on. But musically, and I, and I, I loved what Kirk, it was Kirk and Rob that I think broke this one down. They both said almost the exact same thing. They said it feels like a British new wave of heavy metal song mm-hmm. from, like, 78 to 82. And when they said that, I'm like, yeah, this does kind of have, like, a Scorpions, Saxon kind of, yeah. um, even maybe even a Mercif- Merciful Fate kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, I mean, lyrically, it's super strong. You know, Keep Me Inside, My Name is Suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and then at the end, flipping it and saying, Don't keep me inside. Um, yep. You know, my name is Suicide. Or, uh, it's
3: definitely a song that can be very personal, depending oh, on yeah. the listener. So,
0: my brother actually, you know, it, obviously, because Lux Eterno was the first single released, and then Screaming Suicide was the second. My brother was just like, I'm not that big into Screaming Suicide. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Yeah, but for somebody like me. Right, that suffers from depression and mm-hmm. has been had those feelings more than once. Yeah, you know it's a very strong and poignant message that definitely needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. And even even visually in the in the video, I know all the videos are kind of very similar because they're all directed by the same yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, but even visually, like you can just see. Like there's moments where James it just it seems like he's like pulling a rope.
3: Yeah, the emotion and off yeah. of his
0: neck, and they even did a few with Rob, yeah. too, in the video. Um But with um, shadows, shadows follow real quick. Um, You know they said they were videos, quote unquote. Right. For every song, and and for shadows follow, was more like just a, like a. It was a graphic. Yeah, it was a visualization yeah. kind of thing. Like it was like a mountain range yeah. that would follow the beat and then there was like a forest background and then skyscraper
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and there, there was some of that with a lot of the other songs too um, so then it went screaming suicide and then there was a, another, another new one
3: um, they had one called like stepping away from myself or something sleepwalking away from yeah, myself yeah. yeah and then they had a crown of barbed wire yeah
0: That. Um, so sleepwalking away from, from myself I think is what they said it was called
3: think that that sounds right
0: um, that one was kind of more of like a fast paced like more of a or it was song. like
3: sleepwalking went my way through myself or something like yeah, that yeah yeah
0: yeah something like that
3: sleepwalking we'll just call it sleepwalking yeah. um, the video for that was actually really cool yeah it was and that was the one with that cool bass and drum intro. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah yeah but I mean the, the whole concept of that song was kind of interesting too where you know that was one of the ones where they really didn't explain like the vocals or the lyrics yeah yeah or what the story behind the song was but just hearing some of the words of like you know you can kind of tell that it was kind of just like a uh waking from a nightmare or like you know trying to find your way to like calm yourself enough to be able to sleep or something like that like Mm well it was almost like a sequel to sandman
3: yeah i mean Hatfield did say at one point he was like some of the songs are meant for you to be more in tune with the lyrics and some are more to be focused on the music and the lyrics yeah. are for your own interpretation. Interpretation, yeah.
0: That's actually what he said about Crown of Barbed Wire. Yeah. Which you and I were kind of just like, that's probably
3: like the weakest. Yeah, I felt that was the weakest one. I, the musically, I really liked it, but the the lyrics, I was like, yeah. All over the place. It was, it was a little iffy for me. It, it didn't suck, but it was just an okay one for me.
0: Yeah, weakest on the album, I would say. Mm-hmm. Which originally, I had... If Darkness Had a Son, and then that song played and I'm like, <laughs> welcome welcome back to the top of the list. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah,
3: they're not all going to be winners, but... Right.
0: Um, and then I think If Darkness Had a Son uh, followed those two tracks. Yeah. So we, we got a lot of the the uh, singles early. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lux Turno was in there too. Um, yeah. If Darkness Had a Sun is obviously a very personal song to James and he even talked about it, you know, We've all dealt with temptation, and that's kind of what this deals with. Um, um, you know, obviously, his his battles with addiction. Yeah. You know, both both adventures into rehab, things of that nature. And he uh, also
3: said how he felt, or actually, a few of them said that live they feel like it's gonna resonate well because of you're like
0: temptation.
2: Yeah. I
3: feel like that's gonna be like a crowd chant. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's solid.
0: Yeah, uh, we both kind of talked about the intro It's very repetitive And it just kind of goes on for a long time I want to say that intro is almost like Two, two and a half minutes long Yeah, it's pretty long Um, But I mean uh, Vocally, it's a very good song If Darkness Mm -hmm. Had a Son Here I Am, Temptation is the Father Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of that Like, it it almost Because Master Puppets is actually about Drug abuse Yeah it almost kind of feels like a Master of Puppets kind of thing with, with the way it feels. Yeah.
3: Lengthwise, too. Um, <laughs> a lot of their songs are lengthy on this album, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, they haven't we... abandoned that.
0: Mm. And then we get into two of our favorite songs. Um, Chasing Light. And then what was the other one that you too said? Too Far Gone. Too Far Gone. Yeah. Um, and then even in between there was the uh, You Will Burn.
3: Oh, uh, uh...
0: Let, let you burn or something like you that. You must burn. You must burn. Yeah, that's what it was. Exclamation point. Yep. You have to remember the exclamation <laughs> point.
3: yeah Lars was very adamant about the exclamation point. Oh, Lars was just being a jackass most of the time. <laughs> Honestly, there wasn't much that he said that was serious at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh,
0: that song was actually a lot of fun. I liked that one. And that one was another one was an actual music video with the band playing and everything like mm-hmm.
3: that. Um, it was a grinder. Oh, God, yeah. The slow but heavy riffs. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Very uh... gave me a lot of like a almost like a old school Godsmack.
3: Yeah, yeah, I can mean, see some of that. Possibly
0: yeah. even like a little bit of a uh, uh, Slayer with just how like just those broomed. thick riffs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even a little Pantera.
3: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot you could take from it, honestly. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh the one lyric that always stood out to me is like uh, you will burn which uh, which you will burn mm-hmm. so I'm, I'd be kind of curious to get the lyrics on that one too uh, um but um <clears throat> yeah uh, a lot of heavy 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 at the tail end of that album um uh chasing light mm-hmm. the visualizations on that thing Ugh.
3: Yeah, I could have done without the video. It wasn't really a video, it was just it almost graphics. like
0: nineteen eighties like computer visualization. Yeah, like Atari like,
3: graphics like are just white lines melding together and so I was like or, Yeah. Or like old media player <laughs> visualization, like Yeah, like, they definitely didn't do a video for that. I was just like, Well, let's throw this shit on here just yeah. so that people have something to look at while they're listening he did, to. He it. did an epilepsy warning. At yeah, the beginning of that yeah, One man, holy shit. Good song though, really good song.
0: Great song. Uh And you know, James did say kind of ha- he wanted a song that had more of like a fuel. Vibe.
3: Yeah, he liked that it started with the vocal. Yeah, which was honestly where the similarities ended for me. I mean, maybe the <laughs> pa- the pacing might have been somewhat similar, but the sound to me. It didn't it didn't sound quite as aggressive as fuel
0: no but i, I lyrically it kind of sounded similar to you know I, I kind of agree with what rob was saying i was like almost like a car chase or, yeah yeah or like a you know a, a chase song yeah like somebody being chased like that that definitely i got i got that vibe out of that um and what was the other one we said we said uh uh let It was the one that we both were just like yes, at the end of it, not to let you burn it. It was the other one. Um,
3: oh, too far gone. Too far gone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that song. Holy I love shit. that one.
3: I love that one, yeah. just musically and vocally, it was solid front to back. Yeah. That one yeah. really, I was getting into. Uh,
0: Room of mirrors, it, it gave me kind of a similar vibe to like dirty window. Yeah. Like, from uh St. Anger which I know is a CD that a lot of fans wish kind of just went away when it came to Metallica but it also kind of had like a um uh maybe like a sanitarium Mm -hmm. or possibly even
3: uh, yeah I remember he uh Hetfield was saying for him that was like he compared it to like when they go on tour and all the the glitz and glam of being a celebrity and, and then coming
0: home and having to deal with regular and having life. your
3: family look at you and being like reminding yourself you're just still a person and having to yeah. deal with normal everyday life, so which then re- one, reflecting yourself, you know. Yeah, and now, now that
0: now that you I remember him telling that story, um, this is actually very similar to the reason why he went to rehab the first time during the recording of Saint Anger. Mm. Um, you know, he's like, I went on vacation for two weeks and just left my wife and kids at home, and he goes, Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to Russia for yeah. two weeks right here like, what <laughs> right. You, know, you you have kids at home man yeah. um, you know and he, he would talk about all those stories of excess and you know getting getting back to your locker to your dressing room and there's just a sea of tits <laughs> you know um, you know husbands and boyfriends waiting for you the next morning when you're mm. leaving the hotel you know and you know do you really want that right you know so I, I, I kind of got that kind of a, a vibe out of that
2: mm. but
0: you know we loved that song. Um, the video was weird. for That That was the one where, where it was like the 8-bit the, the animation where Lars was... Oh, like, for Room
3: of Mirrors? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah.
0: Lars was like the devil playing the drums. <laughs> Hatfield like, had like a tongue, a tongue licking, the licking the microphone.
3: <laughs> it was trippy, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it was kind of cool. It, it was interesting. And then the last song, uh, I think we actually hit all 12 songs, if I'm thinking... Um, a 10 minute song I can't remember the name of it was It was like
3: Armoranda Or Armiranda I, I can't remember the
0: Yeah it Definitely a weird name Kind of like Luxy Turner. But...
3: but the song was about Misery And welcoming Misery
0: Dude Alright So did you get Almost like a Like it was like A follow up To My Friend of Misery The song yeah. that closed out The mm-hmm. Black Album
3: Yep It was definitely Vibes there of that For sure
0: Great track
3: And like it Lars, did not feel like a 10 minute track Yeah,
0: Lars swears up and down It's just north of 10 minutes The longest song Metallica's ever done in 41 years Yeah But it didn't feel like 10 minutes
3: mm-hmm.
0: it, it felt almost like 6 or well, 7 Definitely
3: the, I would say the softest song on the album Yeah Yeah, I mean it's very but melodic still very, crunched Yeah Which, I mean, you can only do that You know, the power chords and everything else You couldn't do that for 10 minutes and keep it interesting Yeah you have to throw the me- some melody in there yeah. and mix it up, but
0: <laughs> I think that song had the greatest reaction of the night because when Lars said, "You know this song is just north of ten minutes," th- you just heard a collective "Holy shit!" Right? Like, oh man, <laughs> I- this
3: better be good, or I'm gonna be sleeping. <laughs> well, it's
0: crazy because like I ran into another friend of mine. I might actually um, reach out to him and see if he wants to give his take on the album too. Um, not for this episode, but for a later one. Um he was saying that everything that he had read Had heard that that Last song on the album, whatever the fuck it's called Because I just can't remember the name of it And it's weird Latin word um, Is like the best song that Metallica's ever wrote
3: It was really good I mean, and I'll have to listen to it again Because it is such a long song It's easy to like forget forget. I,
0: I think I had told you before, Right before the song started I'm just like, if it's fucking 10 minutes long It better be an instrumental
3: Yeah, you did say that
0: and I was actually shocked when James
3: started singing. Yeah, well, they the vocals were used sparingly through the song. Yeah, very there were sections, vocal. but then it would be instrumental for yeah. about like two minutes.
1: You know, yeah, it was
0: three, four, five minutes even mm-hmm. at some points. Um, I don't remember hearing like any exclusive kind of guitar solo
3: either. No, not really. Just I mean, they were variations on the same riffs, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it. It flowed really well. I yeah. enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, we did say that there were two songs that kind of gave us an Offspring vibe, too. You know, they kind of sound a little bit like something that you would hear from the Offspring. I can't remember what two they were, but they were they were ones that we dug. I thought Chasing
3: Light was one of the ones that you Chasing you Light might have been, yeah. They, they
0: were the I ones that the they said kind of had the Thin Lizzy vibe, too.
3: Yeah, I think that was one of them. Mm-hmm. I think Chasing Light was one of them, for sure. And then maybe Room of Mirrors was the other one? Maybe. Yeah, hearing them one time is just not enough yeah <laughs> i yeah. definitely can't wait to hear the album over again, again like, yeah we you we just sit
0: and vibe with it and you know i mean but all in all i mean the 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 everybody that was there it looked like the theater was sold out mm-hmm. um just from the, the there was a girl that was sitting next to us and then she kind of like got up halfway through and, and ran away and never saw her again but yeah. other than that I mean you, you see a lot of people bobbing oh between that, I mean
3: between every song there was yelling and cheering cheering and, and just oh, and it, it was it was fans you know there was it was fans that were there I did and not weird. hear
0: anybody seem disappointed no I didn't hear one, one, one negative thing
3: nope
0: um, you know all the reviews that have been coming out from like Rolling Stone Kerrang uh, Metal Injector Um, All of those, you know, uh, music rag mags Mm -hmm. have been completely positive. Um, All in all, I have to say, as a whole, just hearing those eight songs one time through, not really having a chance to kind of just, you know, break down each song the way that I would have liked to or whatever, Um, all in all, I have to say this album's got a 95 out of 10
3: that's very very good i mean that's that's really the test when you listen for the first time if it grabs you if you have to you know and some songs do take a, a few listen throughs before you, it grows on you but if it's hitting you right off the bat it's only going to get better from there the more you yeah. listen to it
0: so and i mean we, we all said it. there was not a bad song on this album um you know, we did say that maybe crown of barbed wire
3: it was a weaker
0: one it but was it's, it weaker. wasn't bad i mean yeah what,
3: what actually when that song started i was like man i really like this riff and where it's going honestly it, vocally it just didn't grab
0: me. and even james was just like vocally uh you know uh. yeah he pretty he pretty <laughs> much was like you
3: know take it for what you want or whatever and, right but he he basically told you like focus on the music that's mm. where the strength of the song is and I mean, he was absolutely right. The music sounded really good, but the vocals—it was just like, "Yeah, this is—I don't know." Would it, that
0: song have worked instrumental?
3: I don't. I don't know. That's that's a good question. I, like I said, listening one time through, it's hard to discern those kind of things. Yeah. You know, but
0: this is the first Metallica album since—I uh, mean, Load Re. Uh, well, all right, Black Album, Load Reload, and Saint Anger didn't have any instrumentals Mm. but Death Magnetic you know
3: Suicide and Redemption yeah
0: um Hardwired Hardwired did Hardwired
3: I can't remember I can't remember if they did or not
0: I want to say it did but I can't remember which one it was
3: I can't remember it's been a minute since Mm -hmm. I've listened to the whole album
0: uh but no instrumental I thought that was interesting
1: yeah
3: I mean, and maybe that's just them wanting to get away from the same tropes. You know, the same same typical thing that they've always been known for. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: well, I mean,
0: now that I think about it, I don't think um, Justice didn't really have one either. They, it had a nine-minute They haven't song. done it on every album.
3: I mean, yeah, but it but, is something they're known for. Yeah, I mean, they
0: had Cthulhu on Lightning. They had uh, Orion on Master of Puppets, Dyer's Eve. Mm -hmm. You know, it is mostly instrumental, but there is a verse of lyrics, the last lyrics that Cliff Burton never wrote. Um, There wasn't one on, we already said, Black Album, Load, Mm -hmm. Reload, Sane Anger. Um, You know, Suicide and Redemption was on uh, Death. Mm -hmm. I want to say that there was, but I I can't be 100% certain. Don't quote me on that, but... (laughs) But you know, I mean, just hearing that they did a ten minute song, that was like the first thing that popped into my head. It was like it has to be an instrumental.
3: Yeah, I'll say this for, for guys that are in their sixties, they're still, they're still doing it, you know, they're still making great music and it rocks, you know, and maybe I'm biased because that's the uh, era that I come from, and I don't well, know how younger people will take that, but
0: well, we, we we said it like I mean, w- looking through the theater because I kind of did a a, a peruse. Of who was there when I first walked in. Yeah. Um, it, it it
3: looks like there was like a little bit of like Mixture. kind of like every
0: every age. Well, age. I,
3: I have no doubt they're young Metallica fans. Oh, no at all.
0: It was crazy because like they've been on Jimmy Kimmel all week. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Earlier. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Kimmel was just like uh, Monday, like their first day there. Mm-hmm. He's like, seeing seeing your fans outside. Because it looks like some of them are in high school or should be in high school. Yeah. Um, and then all the way up, you know, to the 30, 40, 50-year-old, you know, that has been listening to them, you mm-hmm. know, most of their existence, if not all of their existence. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, James was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird seeing that, you know, he goes, but we have Stranger Things to thank for some of that. That's true. You know, with Master Well, adults. and that,
3: the fact that, honestly... There's not a lot of bands at their level these days that are putting out music like that. Yeah. A lot of bands that are in that genre that are newer just aren't getting to that level anymore because that music's not as sought after as it used to be, at least in our you know, in the nineties mm-hmm. and early two thousands. Yeah, um, and I,
0: I do think some of it too is, you know, I mean, they, they went from, you know, Kill 'em all, Ride, Master, Justice all had very similar sound. Mm. Mm-hmm. They departed from that on the Black Album, went even further away from that on Load. Yeah. Then then Load and Reload were kind of similar. Yeah. St. Anger was a complete departure of anything that they've ever done. And then finally, you know, they're like, fuck you, Bob Rock, you're, you're ruining our career. Um, <laughs> got rid of Bob Rock, brought in Rick Rubin, and Rick Rubin's like, you've got to go back to... Right. what made you famous, and that's what what you. And what sung. they
3: did, honestly, is they incorporated both styles. Yeah, you know they incorporated kind of their whole history into their, you know their
2: both latest albums. Songs. Yeah.
0: Um, but I mean, definitely getting back to like that old thrash sound. I mean, it's like I think when I, the first time I heard "Spit Out the Bone," I, yep. I I was like, "Holy shit!"
3: Yep. It really started with like Death Magnetic, and ever since then they've just been churning out these songs that are just thrashers. Yeah, know? I mean My
0: Apocalypse.
3: Yeah, you I know? love that. I love that song. I love that album. Honestly, like I said the last 3 including this album the last 3 albums have been killer. Yeah. I love that they're they're back into that style of being yeah. heavier, thrashier. Yeah. You know. Uh
0: so I mean all in all um I don't want to give away the surprise just in case Metallica hasn't released it yet. Mm-hmm. Um but uh keep your eyes out on metallica.film. Which is where you were able to buy the tickets for this event, yeah. Uh, for the big surprise that they revealed at the end, um, but I mean, all, all in all, I mean, uh, all in all, oh, the whole presentation, the night was just fun. You know, it, it was cool getting to have that experience. You know, listening to what Metallica thought about these songs, um, even though for some of them it was just Rob and Kirk, some of them yeah. it was just Lars and yeah. James, or whatever combination of the four. Um, but all in all um, Overall the, just the entire experience From beginning to end what did, you, what did you think about tonight?
3: I thought it was great man I'm, I mean really it comes down to the music More than anything else yeah. And the music rock um, I would say if you're a Metallica fan it's an absolute must You you need to give it a listen um, I think most A lot of Metallica fans Are going to be really pleased with this album If you're not specifically a Metallica fan But you, you love rock music still check it out. Mm. You know? I, I think it's gonna do really well and it's gonna be well received by fans, so
0: it's been well received by critics and I know everybody that's listened to the four singles that have come out already, um, everybody seems to to dig them quite a bit. I know some people have a few problems with it, Darkness had a sun. Yeah, that's gonna
3: happen with every album, you yeah. Know? It's and, never gonna be a perfect
0: You know and, and a lot of the a album. lot of the gripes that, that this particular individual that I'm speaking of that had a problem with it, Darkness had a son it was all like, oh my god, they're just repeating that riff and they're doing it. And that that
3: is the problem with longtime fans is you're gonna have those those critiques, you know that oh you know it's this sounds too similar and oh this sounds oh, no, it wasn't even too that. far it's off the just, beaten path, you know. Yeah,
0: it wasn't even that. It was just the, you know that um, just that one riff that they kept playing over and over again. That.
3: You know, you're talking about if Darkness had a sun. Yeah, well yeah. I actually when that single came out, I remember seeing a video review on YouTube where the guy was basically trashing on yeah, and saying, you know, this is boring, this is basic and blah blah blah. And I'm like but I looked in his comment section and a lot of people were disagreeing. Shut the fuck with him. Up. Yeah. So it's like you're gonna have certain fans that don't like it. I mean that that happens with everything. Right. You know, every artist, every you know, you're always gonna have people that just don't like it. But I think the majority are going to really enjoy this album. Oh, yeah,
0: for, for sure. Um, so, all in all, uh, what did you think about the album?
3: I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I mean, I loved it. I think, like I said, these last three, they've all been really high up on the list for me. and I, They just keep on doing it somehow, these old bastards. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're definitely looking out, I think
0: Rob looks the youngest out of the four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh crowd reaction what did you think about the crowd reaction
3: that was probably my favorite part of doing this event was because it was it was for the fans and the fans were the ones over there supporting it and cheering and giving their opinion of it and there was literally no booing or negative reaction to any of the songs I mean like I said there were maybe like a collective sigh or two when Lars was saying something stupid but it's Lars so yeah. but th-
0: they all laughed when he did the for, yeah for they're the like oh song. this
3: guy you know um but musically, I mean, everybody was cheering after every song.
0: There was the one thing, I don't remember what song it was for, but he's just like, this is the side the side turner. Yeah. It, maybe
3: you bought the cassette and then he's like... And they
0: actually did release it on, on audio cassette. Right, right. Know? And
3: then he's like, and then for some of you who bought the vinyl, it's on the <laughs> third side or something. Yeah. What, yeah. what the hell are you talking it, about, It was man. for
0: the 12 of you that bought it on, on uh, audio cassette, <laughs> you know, and obviously they're the ones that have been watching the store to see what what format is selling the most yeah you know and he goes in a, a quite a few more of you bought the vinyl it's on side five or something like that, you know and he goes well, yeah. that just shows you like how we're doing this and i mean so what, what the marketing of this has been absolutely fantastic i mean we're getting it on cd we're getting it on digital we're getting it on vinyl and we're getting it on audio cassette
1: it's
3: amazing and it makes sense for who they are and their history yeah you know, from First where they Metallica started album
0: now. since reload to be released yeah. on audio cassette. So that, that in itself is saying. So I mean,
3: and let's be honest, they're probably getting towards the point where they, I don't know who knows how many more albums they're going to do that. I, I wouldn't see them doing more than another album or two. If mm-hmm. that, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't heard any interviews where they've given any specifics on that, but they got to be getting close to the end. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, sixties and, Right. They're touring a lot still. I mean, at some point, I'm sure they want to settle down and live out the rest of their days. You well, know? I mean,
0: James did just get a divorce, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, shit, maybe we'll get a couple more albums. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I just think it's funny, you know, because, like, I, I was looking through Metallica.com, and I'm just like, okay, you know, the MP3, it's it's 10 bucks, which is about mm-hmm. what you would expect. CD was 13 Audio cassette was seventeen dollars. I'm like, is that just because this is like a right because it's just
3: thing? the money that they probably had to put into doing that, you know, yeah. like it's a special item, you know. Yeah,
0: and vinyl. I mean, the vinyl's making a comeback, though, man. It
3: is. It's like it's more like a collector's item than anything. I mean, some right. people actually buy the vinyl players, but mm-hmm. you know, like this is completely off the topic. But you know, I just showed you about a Ghostbusters original yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. And I don't have a vinyl player, right? Excuse me. So that was just for my own personal collecting, but
0: yeah, 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 um, yeah. So I mean, just you know, just so cool. And, and like the audio cassette is yellow, yeah, know, just like the album art's mm-hmm. gonna be and everything. So uh, you know, just just really cool. You know, Metallica's done a lot over this past week or so it to hype up. You know, James actually like opened the CD and show people what the CD looks like, yep. what the booklet's gonna look like. Same thing with the vinyl. I haven't seen him do one for the audio cassette yet. I'd love to see him do one for the audio. Cause, oh, so,
3: you know, somebody will do an opening video yeah. on it. You know, I'd you be shoot.
0: curious to hear it too. Like, like, could they actually clean up that old magnetic tape? You know,
3: yeah. it would be kind of interesting to hear it in that sound. You yeah. know,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just just hearing it stop, like unwinding the. <laughs> God, I, I don't sure, miss that shit. Make sure you got a pencil handy. <laughs> all right man th- this
0: has been awesome i yeah. i've wanted to do this with you for god knows how long man i'm so glad we got to do it uh for you know one of our favorite bands collectively you know you and i both love metallica uh quite a bit mm-hmm. um you know and th- this was just such a unique experience I'm-, I'm glad that we found a cool way yeah to incorporate you know bringing you on can't wait to bring you back in when we do the, the pre fight press conference for the battle of the bands yeah. night and if, if we can make me the MC for that I would love it obviously <laughs> it's not just up to yeah. four loco it's up to grunge as well but but yeah man I mean uh, in closing
3: well you know, you know thank you for bringing me to the event tonight and thank you for yeah. bringing me on the show I mean yeah it was really a great time and I'm glad to see Metallica still kicking ass man dude, check the, it out
0: dude like alright yeah, um, you know, yeah, but I mean, again, you know, thank you for, for doing this with me, of course. Um, yeah. you know, I wanted a, a musician's perspective on this because obviously you look at it through a little bit of a different lens mm-hmm. than I do, and obviously, you know, we're both we were both kind of a little starstruck tonight, but mm-hmm. I mean, just just hearing like the things that you were picking up on and the things that I was picking up on were a little different,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: so uh, that's why I wanted that that kind of dynamic, but um,
3: yeah, we got to do this again. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep. Ghostbusters Day is coming of up. Of course, you know it. Hell yeah, dude! And hey, check out Four Locos, man. If you're around the Cleveland nice. area here, it's it's the number four L O C O S. Check us out on Facebook. Still wearing the hat. I am. Show them
1: that.
0: There
3: you go. So we're playing at Wits End uh, in Willoughby this Saturday night, nine o'clock to one a.m. So come out and check out a show. We do play some a couple Metallica songs. So come rock with us.
0: Where where can they find Four Loco on on the socials
3: so our facebook is uh for locos band and then also we have a website it's www.forlocosband.com so and our schedules and everything are on there so
0: yeah for sure uh lots of opportunities to to see Four locos this year you guys are constantly updating that schedule so all right uh thanks so much for doing this dude Um, oh yeah you know I'm gonna switch the camera off of you and put it back on me for my own sexy face here for a minute. <laughs> uh but yeah, man. Um, you know, that was Tony from 4 Loco. Um obviously, huge, huge fan of Metallica. Um, we'll be right back. We're gonna cut the break here real quick. We're a little bit over the time for the break. Shh, don't tell Dave. Um, and we'll be back and I'll give my opinion on the night. Uh, even though I kind of gave my opinion with Tony. But we're also going to uh, review the album in its entirety because I finally got my copy in my hand. So we'll be right back. All right. So there you have it. That was my interview with uh, Tony Gonzalez, singer from Four Loko. Uh So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to uh, talk about this album here uh, because it, it's definitely a great album. Um and I'm super excited to finally get a chance to hear it. Um, you know, I, I, obviously we heard it in its entirety last night, uh, you know, and we, we loved everything we heard as, as you heard me and Tony talking about there. Um, but uh, you know, want to uh, want to give my take on a few things uh, that happened uh, d- during the event. I mean, nothing, nothing bad happened. You know, I, I think like what you heard uh, Tony and I talking about there, um, you know, but it was just a fun time, man. Like, you know, we I really like the way that Metallica set it up. Um, obviously, you know, there's a few things that we wish that they would have done slightly differently. Um, you know, but we're going to go through some of the liner notes uh, from the album here. I'm going to put them up on the screen. Um, you guys will not see me uh, while I'm going through these uh, just because I got to be able to read them. Um but, you know, I just kind of want uh, to just go through some of the things that uh, Metallica has released since the event. Because um, as soon as Midnight hit, you know, boom, you, you were able to, to, to listen to the album on Amazon Music. They put up the other eight tracks up on their YouTube channel as like audio only kind of deals. Uh, but uh, let's take a look at the liner notes here um, from 72 Seasons. This was taken directly from Metallica.com under the uh, 72 Seasons section. So there you see, 72 Seasons, the first 18 years of our lives that form our true or false selves. The concept that we were told who we are by our parents, a possible pigeon-holding around what kind of personality we are. I think the most interesting part of this is the continued study of those core beliefs and how it affects our perception of the world Today, much of our adult experience is a reenactment or reaction to those childhood experiences, or I'm sorry, these childhood experiences, prisoners of childhood, or breaking free of those bond- bandages we carry. And that's a quote from James Hetfield. So it was recorded and mixed at HQ. San Rafael, California, from March 2021 to November 2022. It was produced by Greg uh, Fiddleman with uh, James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich. Mixed by Greg Fiddleman. Uh, engineered by Jim Monti and Sarah Lynn Killian. Uh, additional engineering by Jason uh, Gossman. Editing by Jace, Jason Gossman and Dan Monti. Uh, assistant engineering by Kent Match. Matkey. Album production coordination by Kent Matke Mastered by Rob Ludwig at Gateway, Gateway Mastering Portland, Maryland. Vinyl Lacquers by Chris Bellman and Bernie Ground, uh, Groundman Mastering at Hollywood, California. Design and Art Direction by David Turner, Jamie McCarthy, and Ian Cookin uh, Conklin. Sorry. Cover and Object Photography by Stan
1: Muslick and Band Portrait Photography by Lee Jeffries so that's just what's in the liner notes uh, for 72 Seasons kind
0: of interesting uh, little quote there by uh, the Hetfield himself Um, you know and that's kind of been like the running
1: theme that they've kind of given with a lot of the, the stuff uh, coming from seventy two seasons, and
0: uh, you know I gotta say like i I really enjoy the concept that they're kind of going with here for seventy two seasons uh, You can't be mad at what Metallica's trying to do, you know uh, you know g- give this this new album a theme and I, I feel like it's it's an important theme and it's an interesting topic to try to to try to tackle. Um, especially given, you know, that these guys are a lot older now, uh, you know, all of them are in like their sixties. Uh, Tony and I talked about it in the interview. You guys kind of heard us talk about it. Um, you know, so I, I do find the, the concept of that relatively interesting, you know, that they're talking about, you know, the first 18 years and how it molds us to be, uh, what, what we're going to be when we're adults, uh, very interesting topic very interesting look at at things
1: um so i do kind of want to talk about something here that it's like a sticker on the front of
0: the cd here i wish i had a chance to take a uh, picture of it let me see if i can put it up to the camera and see if you guys can read it all right so there you go metallica 72 seasons new album 45 years or 42 years of metallica in over 77 minutes featuring the singles Lux Aeterna, Screaming Suicide and if darkness had a sun I know it's it's a reverse image because I mirrored the camera because of uh the way the camera reverses things when you're when you're looking at it. I do like that 72 kind of thing on the back and it is definitely um see-through or not see-through but it's um cut out of the cardboard um sleeve that is on this It does look like this is a blister pack version of this. Uh,
1: See if I can get this open real quick. I kind of want to go through the contents here real quick. Come on. And then we will break this down uh, track by track, give my um, full opinions on things. And then that'll be it
0: for us this week. All right,
1: finally got that fucking solophane.
0: Um, I want to try to save that sticker on the front. I like keeping stuff like that. I even did that with uh, the Ghostbusters Blu-rays and stuff like that because they had something like that on it. All right, so this is just the yellow sleeve. As you can see, you know, there's nothing written there now that that was actually a sticker on the cellophane. Um, So let's flip it over on the back here. You got the picture of
1: James with 72. There we go. Old man hat right there. So not real much to this, you know, just that
0: 72 on the back, and then we have the the crib image with different items from our uh, our life growing up. Um, so old man Het is actually the front of this. So when you open it, you're gonna
1: hold it like this. So you got old man Het, and then on the inside you got wow. a picture of uh, melted headphones there with Kirk. Uh, Kirk goes up, so already we have, and then you have a picture of a burnt globe, and Lars, so we unfold that, boom, we got an old, looks like a, possibly a Walkman, actually that looks like a mixer, oh no, it's a vinyl player, look at that, with like a smoke effect coming off of it, or actually that's the lid, and so then we got Rob here. So then, obviously, Rob will drop the booklet. Mm. Rob folds down. And there we have the the CD there. Nothing really much to write home with on the disc itself. But then under that, 72 seasons. So we got the track listing. uh, Copyright 2023,
0: Blackened Recordings, manufactured by Blackened Recordings. All rights reserved, and then it has the logo there. So here we have the booklet. We got a, a burnt
1: teddy bear with what looks like a burnt uh, tennis ball. Uh, ooh, lyrics. Yes, I was I was hoping for
0: those. Um, and I'll I'll explain why. Kind of like what what uh him and I were talking about. But some of the other images from the front of the cover is here, um, on the different pages. So with uh. The first song we got a burnt
1: guitar with a broken neck uh toy robot burnt alarm clock shattered and burnt uh baby doll burnt, tricycle, and a stool burnt on the next page. is that a tricycle? It might be a stroller uh now we have a tricycle, baseball bat uh another guitar, a pair of sunglasses.
0: And this image was always kind of interesting to me. It looks like it's some kind of photo album with something else. Never really could figure out what that was. Come on, focus. There we go. Um, So you got to see a couple of the lyrics for the last song on the album. Um,
1: So that little quote by James isn't even featured in the book. But pretty much everything else that I talked about, you know, um, all
0: the songs... Written by Hetfield and Ulrich Except 72 seasons Crown of barbed wire Chasing light If darkness had a sun They were all written by uh, Hetfield, Ulrich, and Kirk Hammett And then Screaming Suicide Sleepwalk My Life Away And You Must Burn Were written by Hetfield, Ulrich, and Trujillo So that's a little bit um, of a different there From the uh, image from the liner notes (coughs) But that quote from James
1: (coughs) excuse me is not here which I do find interesting but you know hey it's not even on here I don't think no alright so the booklet goes right there Rob Lars Kirk James and on the back there it just black with 72 seasons Metallica Same thing on the sides. Actually, that side doesn't say shit. All right, so let's slide this back in. Old man hat. Oh, great. Now it's not going to want to go back into its home. This is your home. Go into your home. You're like the golf ball from Happy Gilmore. Come on, I hate these damn things for this reason right here. Finally. All right, there we go. Boom. So there you have it. That's the uh, CD contents of 72 Seasons
0: by Metallica. All right, so let's bring the track listing up here. You already heard a lot of the names of the songs. Actually, I think you might have heard all of them, except for a couple. Um, But uh, let, let's break this down track by track. I'll, I'll I'll just give them a quick grade and what I thought about the presentation that Metallica gave. During the event again that image is from Metallica.com you just go on there click on music click on 72 seasons boom you've got all the information that I'm showing you here. All right so track number one title track Uh, James said that this one or Lux Eterna could have been um, the opener of the album Lux Eterna was also an alternate title. For the album. So giving you guys a little bit of trivia here. But uh, 72 Seasons. Um, there is not really a short song on this album. Let me see if they put the track times on the CD. Because I didn't see them in the track listing. Under where Rob's photo was. Yes, they do. Alright, so uh, I'll just leave this here. So I can read the track times. So 72 Seasons. 7 minutes, 39 seconds. The music video is about 8 minutes total. Because they put a little stuff. At the beginning and in the end. I already read you guys the quote about what 72 Seasons means. How they came up with the name of that track. Not going to get into that again. Um, this song, I give a solid B. It's a hard hitting song. The, the, the lyrics, the story that they're telling with the song is just excellent. Metallica did a great job with the, with the title track from this album, 72 Seasons. Uh, track number two, Shadows Follow. It's a song about having your demons following you around. You heard Tony and I talk about it in the interview from yesterday, uh, from uh, a little bit ago. You know, um, we dug this song quite a bit. The visualization that they show because they didn't actually, there was a little bit of a misconception or like a little. I don't. I don't want to say like Metallica lied to us because they didn't. But they were saying that there was going to be music videos for all 12 songs. There, there wasn't really music videos for all 12 songs. It was more like there was the music videos for the songs that we can tell are going to be singles. And I'll, and I'll get into that in here in a second. Uh, plus the four singles that they already released. That wasn't the sound effect I wanted. Hang on. That was it. Uh, but there were a couple other videos that had actual music videos. This one was kind of like just visualizations. We kind of talked about it. In that interview, but shadows follow. That track comes in at six minutes twelve seconds. A plus. This song was excellent. It sounds great. the 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 meaning of the of the song is just excellent, you know. And and the story that James told about you know, no matter what you do, you can't get away from your demons. Your shadows are always gonna follow you. Brilliant story. Love everything about it. Uh, Screaming suicide. What what else can I say about "Screaming Suicide" that I haven't said already? This song is excellent. It it feels like one of the, an old school metal song that you would hear in the late '70s, early '80s, and that's exactly what Metallica said about it too. Um, you know, and it, it's definitely telling the story of how it feels to have those feelings of suicide down inside you, keeping it contained, don't letting it get get the better of you and then at the end of it realizing that you have to tell
1: somebody how you feel. And for me being a um a survivor of suicide
0: and haven't and have had those thoughts so many times in my life this song was so important when important and when Metallica released this as a single with the music video um we talked about that a little bit last night the images of James going like this Uh, images of, of Rob just screaming, like, you know, letting out a catharsis, all of that. Just excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, this song, another A plus sleepwalk my, uh, Oh, the runtime on that song is five minutes, 30 seconds, uh, sleepwalk my life away. We talked about this one. This one was another one of those weird ones. Musically sounds great lyrics. It was kind of hard to to follow the song. It was kind of hard to hear. Uh, during the event, so I definitely want to listen to this one again. Um, you must burn. This is the song that 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 Tony and I were talking about quite a bit. Um, you know, this is a song where Lars is just like, it's just it, it, we're at that part of the record where it's just, you know. So so you're gonna have that feeling when you hear this. Just, you know. So when we're think, when I when we heard that, him and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, we're gonna get another
1: song like spit out spit out the bone from uh death magnetic or was it no that one was um hardwired that didn't happen um the this, this
0: song is a just a crunch fest it's angry it's loud it's it's everything that you that you know you get that but just not the way that we thought you were going to get it uh but this song is excellent like um i know i said you know something about burn burn the witch um that's a line in there i love the and and lars made an emphasis about mentioning the exclamation point you must burn exclamation point. He put a big emphasis on that as well. I do notice that there's a mistake on this track list, and I'll show you guys on the CD what it is. Uh, but um, "Sleep Walk My Life Away comes in at 6 minutes 56 seconds. Um, like I said, musically sounds great. Lyrically, I have to listen to it again. Uh, you Must Burn comes in at 7.03. So we're not getting very many short songs here, on 72 Seasons, which is probably why the album's 77 minutes. Or more than 77 minutes, as a matter of fact. Uh, but You Must Burn, A+, plus. Sleepwalk My Life Away. I'm going to give that about a C. Uh, next up, the first single we got off of uh, 72 Seasons, Lux Eterna. Shortest song on the album. Comes in at 3 minutes, 22 seconds. What else can be said about this song? It is just that old school thrash metal. Just... Uh great fucking tune. You know, just hard hitting. Reminds me a lot of um a lot of stuff that, that was on their first album, Kill 'em all. Uh more specifically, kinda like it has like a motor breath, uh hit the lights kind of feel to it, especially with some of the, the words that are in the song. Um but Loxaturna A plus. Crown of Barbed Wire. To me and Tony, um, you know, him and I kind of felt a lot uh very similar about this album. Crown of Barbed Wire was probably the song that, that him and I are saying is probably like the weakest on the album. It's still a great song. I give it a uh, like a C plus, B minus. Um, you'll notice that nothing on here is probably going to be lower. Well, we'll get into that. Um, but lyrically, like, like musically, the song is solid. Like if, if this would have been an instrumental it probably would have been a little bit of a better song. Um but lyrically I don't know what this song is trying to say and even when James was was talking about this one like every song they had like a little bit of an introduction but not all of them kind of gave the story behind the songs which is really what I wanted to hear. Uh some of it was like yeah uh, Tony mentioned, you know, oh you know, we started with this riff by Kirk and we loved it so we we you know just fed off of that or this song reminds us of a uh, new wave british heavy metal sound blah you know stuff like that and i'm just like i don't i don't care about that shit what's the story behind the
1: fucking song but we didn't get that so whatever um uh yeah um if dark uh, next song um i give this one like i said uh it comes in at
0: 5 minutes 49 seconds chasing light Uh, this one comes in at six minutes, 45 seconds. This song, uh, James said kind of has like a, a a fuel feel, which, uh, we kind of got, um, great track. I'm going to give it an a running out of time here because that, that interview with Tony was an hour and 20. Uh, so I'm trying to make sure that we come in under two hours here. Um, uh, next up, uh, so chasing light, six minutes, 45 seconds. Great song. You know, uh, uh, Rob had kind of said it, it has A little bit of like a chase song kind of feel Definitely that um, We talked about the, how the visualizations were driving us crazy um, In Tony's thing So I don't want to get too far into that um, If Darkness had a son When they released The four singles This was the third of the four uh, For me this one was like The weakest of the four singles But after hearing the whole album This song is growing on me uh, Slowly but surely um, it's definitely about James's struggle with uh, addiction, and he, you know, he also mentions temptation quite a bit. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Gus Anselmo, he's been on the show before. Uh, we talked about S and two with him. Uh, he had said, you know, that this is kind of like temptation, which was from the Presidio uh, demos, which we never really got to hear from Saint Anger. Uh, this is the 20th anniversary of Saint Anger, so I'm wondering if they're going to do something um, with. You know, re-releasing Sane Anger or anything like that. I'd love to hear that Temptation track that they did back then. But he said this was Temptation's, you know, grown-up baby, uh, grown-up big brother. Um, and I, I kind of agree with that. You know, um, the song's really good. James says he can't wait to hear it live. Um, if Darkness Has a Sun comes in at 6 minutes 36 seconds. Too Far Gone, an, uh, another short one here uh, coming in at under 5 minutes. So this and Lux Eterna are the only two um, that are under five minutes. Um, this song was excellent. Tony and I talked about how much we loved hearing this one. Um, but I want to show you guys the mistake. So you see Too Far Gone right there,
1: number 10. And then look at Too Far Gone here. It's in the bottom three. They're missing the question mark. And even in
0: the visualizations for this one, actually, I think this one actually had an actual music video because I think they are going to release this one. Um, The other one that had an actual music video was You Must Burn. Um, So that one's probably going to be a single here in the future, but I'm pretty sure this one
1: was an actual music video too. Um, Sleepwalk My Life Away was another one that had a real music video too. Um,
0: But Too Far Gone, heavy hitting, crunching, Fast. Um, this one actually reminded us more of Spit Out the Bone. Uh, Room of Mirrors. Excellent track, man. Um, and you know, in the story behind it, it's kind of like that feeling. We talked about it You know, um, with Tony, so I don't want to get back too much into the story. Um, but just a great track. Hippie trippy fucking video that they put together for it. Um, not a real music video game, more like a visualization, but it did have some imagery to it. Uh, that one comes in at 5 minutes and 34 seconds. And then this one, when uh, Lars announced that this is the one that Tony and I couldn't remember the name of, In a uh, they said, you know, Metallica's first song, over 10 minutes. And according to the CD here, which has the, tra- the times on it, 11 minutes, 10 seconds. Uh, you know, you heard us say, you know, we hope this one is an instrumental because of the length. But um, it definitely kind of feels, and I, and I agree with Gus on this one here, uh, he threw in like a Dirty Window kind of feel with it too, um, lyrically. Uh, but, I mean, definitely a great track. You know, it doesn't even feel like it's an 11-minute song, but lyrically it also feels like it could be like a sequel to uh, My Friend of Misery uh, from the Black Album or the self-titled album from 1991. Uh but that's it man. Um all in all, I mean I give this event um a solid solid A. Uh they did a great job putting this whole thing together. You know, obviously I have some nitpick shit um that I would have that you know Tony and I thought that they could have done a little bit better on so if anybody from Metallica is watching this, uh take heed. Um if in case you guys decide to do this again, uh they did give us a little surprise at the end. Um you know, uh we'll save that surprise for to let Metallica um Release, uh, release it if they want to. Um, but all I'll say about the surprise is just stay tuned to Metallica.film dot film, which was the website that you went to. Uh, to get the information about, um, everything seventy two seasons the global, premiere event. Um, the crowd had fun with it. You know, it looked like the theater was sold out for this. You know, so just just a great night, a great event. Um, um, A plus to Metallica.
1: Uh, this event was was excellent. Um, yeah, we had a we had a great time at this thing, and uh, can't wait to do it again. Uh, Tony
0: and I are talking about possibly making a trip up to Detroit for the concert in November. Uh, it's right around our birthday, so we'll we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, so that's it. Uh, can't wait to listen to the whole album in its entirety again. Uh, thanks for checking out Money's Crazy Mind this week. I know we didn't really take a break, so
1: we're going to end the show, uh, with a song by one of Tony's bands. Uh, we, we, uh, we
0: talked a lot about his bands, um, last night, you know, because that's what we do
1: when we do musicians talking musicians. Uh, so we'll end this one with um, with one of my favorite tracks from Big Ugly. And um, hopefully you guys enjoy. We'll see you next week uh, as we continue to reboot
0: Money's Crazy Mind here. But until next week, everybody. Go check out 72 Seasons. It's a great album. All in all, I give the album a 9.5 9. out of 10, man. This is a fun album. There is not a song on here that is, is just, like, absolutely just bad. I mean, like I said, everything's got, like, an A, A+, except for, like, one or two tracks. Um, but, I mean, even Crown of Barbed Wire, man. I mean, check it out. Ha- get your own opinion about it. That was just Tony, Tony and I's opinion. Gus loved Crown, Crown of Barbed Wire. So... You know, I mean, and that's that's three different Metallica fans' opinion about that. Um, but until next week, everybody,
1: have a week. Here's some Big Ugly with B-U-M. And I'll let you guys figure out what that means. Until then. was production I' read the end of it that's all folks